the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church here in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. And Christianity in America today right now seems to be suffering a crisis of faith. So it's important for us to know what we really believe. Is your faith real and does it make a difference? The life of Elijah the prophet had a lot to teach us about the power of real faith. Pastor Sean will be teaching from 1 Kings chapter 19. The new series is called Unseen, Awakening Real Faith. The message is called Marked by Faith. It's time for Real Life Radio. Unbelievably significant developments in this passage. The first is that Elisha took up the cloak, or another word that's been used is the mantle from Elijah. He took up the cloak. The mantle of Elijah. It was the same one that had been laid on his shoulders seven years ago. The cloak was kind of significant in this cultural context because it's one of those things that, that you, most people only had one. It was a heavy outer garment. They'd have multiple shirts, you know, undergarments. They, but the cloak was something, it was more expensive, it was heavier, and it was the only one they'd have. So they would become identified by it. It's interesting, in the law, you couldn't sue someone over debts and take their cloak. You could take almost anything else, right? We even see some examples, like in the New Testament, where they took wife and kids. Not the cloak. Seems a little weird, but is what it is. That brings that passage. Remember when Jesus said in Matthew 5, if someone asks for your shirt, give them your cloak also? It was an incredible step of faith. Because for most people, that was one of their most precious possessions. And because of the fact that it would be the one garment they would have, they would, or the one outer garment, they would be seen in it often. It almost became a point of identity. That's why that placing of the cloak or the mantle became almost like you've accepted a different identity. That cloak now was no longer Elijah's, which you would have seen him and go, well, that's Elijah from a distance. Look, that's his cloak. But now it was Elisha. That mantle meant something. It meant he was identified with the God and the mission of Elijah. Second thing we see here, clearly his, his request of a double portion of the Spirit. He was now filled and covered with the Spirit of God. A double portion of the Spirit, just like he'd asked. He was obviously tapping into a different source. And the third thing is that he began to walk in the power of God. The, that first demonstration of God's power. What had been with Elijah was now with Elisha. And it all began, this manifestation of power, this anointing, this sense of mantle, all began with what happened in chapter 19. He left everything behind in the pursuit of the call of God. He refused to be shaken, which is the beginning and the core of faith. See, that's where we have a problem. That's where it gets difficult for us, because we want faith, but we don't want to leave everything behind. We want the stuff that faith brings, we want to talk about faith, but when it comes to saying, I'm going to, I'm going to so put my eggs all in that one basket. I'm going to so trust in him. I'm going to so believe 
It's like, whoa, I, I want faith and. I want faith and kind of my career goals. Nothing wrong with career goals. Don't get me wrong. But to the extent that they are causing you to walk apart from faith and walking an opposite direction of what the Lord has for you, they become a hindrance. Well, I want faith and to kind of have the house that I want and the cars that I want and the dreams that I want and my plans, my goals, my agenda. It's like when it comes to say, true faith says, I'm going to leave that whole thing behind and I'm going to become his. That's where we have a problem. And we might say, well, but Sean, come on, that's an Old Testament prophet. What does that have to do with us? Listen to what Jesus said. To all of us who believe, this is for all of us now, lest you think this is just for Elisha. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 12, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. That should cause a little bit of a gulp factor. Seriously, think about it. This is Jesus. You know, walk on water, raise the dead, Jesus talking. Greater works that I have done, those who believe in my name are going to do. Then he goes on, he says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That should also give us a bit of a gulp factor. We're talking about power. We're talking about a manifestation of faith that is visible and obvious in the life of a believer. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Those who really believe will be different. The uh, the product of their life will be different. What they're about, what they follow, what they organize their life about, will be different because they are people who truly believe. They are people of faith. And it's, this all comes down to what real faith is. I mean, people have weird ideas. You ask people about faith, you get some weird ideas. There's a man on the street video. Just take a look. Some of the things people say when it comes to faith. What is faith? What is faith? Um, it's what inspires a person to, to look for... What, is it, what inspires a person to... Uh, it gives meaning to their life, that gives, um, gives them purpose, something that inspires them to, uh, to look for things that are beyond themselves, I guess. That's a tough question for off the top of the head. <laughs> yeah. Faith is having the undying trust in anything, whether that be God, your wife, your kids, your ambitions, that no matter what, it's going to work out. You don't need facts to believe it. What do you have undying trust in? The fact that I'm going to die. Faith. Faith is within. So that's where it is. What is it? What is it? Faith is knowledge of knowing something wholeheartedly and believing in it. Faith is that where I left my car a minute ago, when we come back, it's still going to be there. It's faith. Faith, it's a belief in something that's true that you can't know. Faith, I guess when you don't have anything else to believe in, you kind of just go with that. Faith is getting shot in the head and still having hope. 
That happened to you? Yeah. I got one on What is faith? You can't believe in something with reason. Faith is kind of the absence of reason, sort of. Yeah, I'd say that. What do you have faith in? Nothing really, I guess. What do you have faith in? Faith in my religion, faith in my family, faith in humanity. A supreme being. I have faith in God. Why? Well, I don't see him, but I see things around me that are created by him. I have faith the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Why? Because it always comes up. What does it take to have faith? You have to have a really good upbringing, a really a good understanding, morals, conscience. How do you have faith on a day-to-day basis? Um, it's tough. I don't know. It's like a mindset, I guess. Yeah, it's something you might have to like train yourself to do. Does it ever get hard to have faith, to keep faith? Yeah, sometimes it is. What do you do to get it back? Read my Bible. You ever lost faith? Yeah, definitely. How'd you get it back? I, I didn't. I don't know if I actually got it back. Oh, I just started believing in myself more, and I started doing more myself. What do you have faith in? People are all over the map, and I think one prevalent idea that that one of the folks there said is faith is something that kind of defies reason, or you can't know by reason. And the idea is that it's irrational. You know, when I don't have anything else to believe, and I guess faith is what you go with. Hebrews 11, 1 said, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction, another translation says, evidence of things not seen. You see, your faith is never any better than the object of your faith. And a lot of people have put their faith in things and had it fall through. This idea that faith is irrational, you can't know, that I, I understand where they're coming from. The problem is anybody who actually knows and has experienced, has tasted and seen relationship with Jesus Christ and life with God the Father knows that's not true. Because it does make sense. In fact, once you've walked with God and begun to experience the power of His presence, the reality, it's like it makes perfect sense. And I love that passage that says, tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Faith is a belief so strong, I have to act on it. That's why your behavior always reflects your real belief. Faith determines what you put your trust in. And, and that's for us kind of one of those challenging things because we live in a nation that has built a system. Remember last week we talked about, don't put your trust in a system, put your trust in me, says the Lord. But our system is pretty tempting. And we are raised and socialized to put our trust in our system. You'll go through the system, you'll be fine at the end, or so we're told. You know, if something goes wrong, we have the system. You know, whether it be healthcare, government, financial, you know, we, I've got my savings, I've got my retirement if something happens, or if I don't have that, then I have, then I have a credit card. You know, God help me, if I don't have a credit card, what would I do? You know, all the stuff that we have to put our, our trust in. With, there's, it's like we're surrounded by this buffer so that we don't ever have to really trust God. It's hard to trust God and trust in the system. I, I think you can't do both. You know, we wonder why we hear these missionaries come from, from third world countries and they tell the stuff that God did and the amazing, miraculous things. Why does it happen there and it's so rare here? 
Because they don't have a system to put their trust in, and they have to trust in the Lord. It's amazing when you actually trust in Him how faithful He is. But for us, God becomes option six, seven, eight, after the options that the system provides. And one thing we need to understand, when we begin to become people of faith, we're going to look different. We look extremely different than all those around who are walking in the flow and following and trusting in the system. And let's take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series on faith called Unseen. And if you'd like to hear the full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand on the sermon page at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come and visit River City, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to the message called Marked by Faith. This is Real Life Radio. Luke 18, 7 and 8 gives us this picture. Because there's the, the, you can trust in the system or you can trust in the spirit. And we have to make a choice. Listen to what Jesus says. He says he's talking about prayer in Luke 18. Verse 7 and 8, he says, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, listen to this question, it's haunting. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? When he comes, will he find faith on the earth? My main point this morning is simply a question I want to ask. Please write it down. Are you willing to be marked by real faith? I want you to process that question. Are you willing to be marked by real faith? Because it does. It marks you. It changes you. You'll get a reputation. And it won't always be good. A reputation is one who trusts in that God who we can't see. Who makes decisions based on some sort of different decision-making grid that other people can't understand because they don't know Him. And they don't have faith in Him. Are you willing to be marked by faith? Because you can't really be, have real faith and go incognito because it pops up everywhere. A couple observations about real faith. One, real faith is marked by power. Real faith is marked by power. Jesus said greater works than these. Greater works than the things he had done, we would do. There would be the manifestation of the power of God. I want to suggest one of the reasons people are so deluded and confused about faith is because many have never seen it. Well, I've been around people of faith, but they look no different than anyone else. If the only difference in our life and our neighbors who don't believe in Jesus is what we do on Sunday mornings, we have a problem. We have a real problem. 
Because this faith is supposed to change everything. It's supposed to change how we view the world. We've received grace. We've been filled. We've been set free by Jesus. The power of His Spirit abides in us. It should change everything. It should change how we raise our kids, how we handle our marriage, how we handle our business, how our finances, how we, de- how we are in the neighborhood. What we do with our recreation, this faith, because it's a belief so strong, I have to act on it. It should change us. It's supposed to be marked by power. Power versus words, because we got a lot of words. Got a lot of words. You know, sermons, songs, teachings. The Christian publishing industry is a science. And never in history has there been more access to words. And please understand, I'm a reader. I love reading. I encourage you to read. Be a reader. Okay, that's my public service announcement for the day. Be a reader. But listen to what the Apostle Paul said about words. He said, my message, this is 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Not on human wisdom, but on God's power. People should see in us the people of faith. They should see the power of God. They should see something different at work. When we go through crisis, when we, when we go through the things that everybody goes through in life, they should see something different. And we understand the power of God is released by obedience in Him. You want to begin to experience the power of God? You don't have to wait. You don't have to go like, oh man, I can't wait for the rest of these teachings so I can figure out how to experience the power of God. Do what He says. It is it, Obedience. There it is. I probably should have waited. I should build up more tension. Yeah, I've got to write that down. But I want to give it to you because, you know, you can leave this afternoon and begin to experience the power of God, obedience. You get to that place, you know, we talked about on the crossroads. God's way is one way. Lord, I want, this is what you wanted me to do, but this is what I want to do. This is what my flesh wants to do. This is safer. Uh, if I go this way, God, it's, I'm going to stand out. I might get in trouble. My, I don't know what's going to happen. God, this seems risky. This seems safe. And this is what everyone else will approve of. So God, I want to do this. This is the pathway of the power of God. This is the pathway of more of the same. If you're disillusioned about a faith that seems powerless and seems rote and just seems to be words, obedience releases the power of God. And our faith is supposed to be marked by the power of God. Are you willing to be marked by real faith? That's the question this morning. Second, real faith is built by prayer. Jesus said in the John passage we read, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Are you willing to be a person of prayer? Real faith is built by prayer. Prayer is one of the greatest indicators of faith because what you, what you go to for your provision, for your wisdom, for, for help when you run into trouble, that is what you have faith in. Prayer is an indicator of faith. In Luke 18, remember Jesus talked about those who cry out to him day and night, but then he lamented, will the Son of Man, when he comes, find faith on earth? Prayer. It's a sign of real faith. Let me just ask you, what are you asking God for these days? I mean, you know, we ask, we ask God to meet our needs and we ask him to help through the tough stuff that we have or, you know. But what are you really asking him for? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. 
Are we digging in and finding out what it means to ask in his name? Do you know there are things throughout the scripture? We did a series on this last year. There are things that we are instructed to ask for. And when we're instructed, and, and there's lots of them. Lots of things that we are instructed to ask for. Anything that is, we're told to ask for in scripture, or we're told is the will of God, we can in authority ask in his name. Saying, God, I'm not coming in my name. God, I'm coming in Jesus' name. Jesus told me to ask. It's a big thing you're asking for. I know, it's Jesus. He told me. You can come to Father with the authority of the Son, Jesus Christ. And there's power. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. What are you asking him for? How's it going in the prayer life? If prayer is kind of a last resort, an afterthought, then we're, you know, I told you in this series last, last year, we're leaving spiritual money on the table. We're leaving money on the table. Because there's so much more that God has that he wants us to experience. He wants to give us. And we're just not asking. Prayer is a sign of faith, but the question is, are you willing to be marked by real faith? Because like a cloak all around you, it marks you. Elisha became marked by the anointing of God in his life. Are you willing to be marked by the anointing of real faith? Last thing, and I'll wrap with this. Real faith comes from walking in the Spirit. Real faith comes from walking in the Spirit. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper to be with you. Greater things you're going to do. Whatever you ask in my name, and here's the secret, I'm going to send the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. See, real faith, and here's one of the biggest problems. Please listen to me. These last few moments, real faith is relational. It's not contractual. We treat it like it's contractual. Okay, the word says, okay, so God, uh, you know, stand on your promises. Real faith goes beyond that because it's with the spirit of God who is in us. It is relational. It's responsive to the relationship, the presence of God in us. That's why people of real faith are responding and acting like they're, they're listening to a voice that nobody else can hear because they are the Spirit of God within us. It's responsive. Remember, I told you before, discipleship is not complex. It's not hard, okay? It's not easy, but it's not complex. Listen for his voice. Do what he says. That's the essence of Christian discipleship. Be a person of the word in prayer and just listen for his voice. And then do what he says. You'll be amazed what God does. How the power of God brings faith. And how seeing the hand of God move in your life builds your faith to where this week it's this step. And that was a big step for me. But the next week maybe it's something bigger. But I can remember back and say, wait a minute, God asked me to do that. And look what he did. And my faith has been built. I build my faith. The scripture used the phrase line upon line, precept upon precept. That's what we're talking about. Real faith comes from walking in relationship with the Spirit and results in walking in His power. So as I close this morning, I I just want to address two different groups who are probably here this morning, okay? The first is you may be here and you're like, I got invited and I came this morning, Um, or maybe you've been around for a while, and you would, either, either one, you would say, I don't have that kind of relationship with God, you know? I don't have a relationship. I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior. 
That's the whole reason Jesus died on the cross. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin, that we, it says all of us have sinned. Every one of us in this room. Every person throughout the face of the planet has sinned. And because of that sin, we're separated from Father. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, to pay the just and right death penalty for our sin. It's been paid. We are clean. And what that means is if we will accept that gift, if we'll accept that gift, acknowledge our need, ask for forgiveness, accept that gift that Jesus secured for us on the cross, we can now enter into the relationship with God that we were created for, and we can begin the walk of faith. So if you've never done that, I want, I just, I'm going to lead a brief prayer, and I'm going to say you can. You can simply this morning pray, ask forgiveness of sin, invite Jesus into your life, and begin that walk of faith with him. Second group, maybe you're here and you go, well, yeah, I've been a Christian and I know I'm saved by grace and I've accepted Christ as my Savior. But I've got to admit, I don't know that I've ever walked in faith or that I am walking in faith. I mean, my life's kind of like everybody else and I, I, don't, I don't know that I've ever really stepped out and trusted God like that. I just want to say, that's where the action is. If you're tired of faith being just kind of a Sunday morning thing or just a kind of program thing that's like any other self-help program out there I'm like good you should be tired of that that's not what God intended that's pseudo faith real faith is vibrant relationship with the spirit resulting in his presence and his power working in and through us thank you Pastor Sean Azaro you've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Unseen Awakening Real Faith and if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this series it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can find the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Legacy leaders are the ones who leave something beautiful behind. Enough of playing small, enough of playing safe. It's time for a grander vision. Sharpen your leadership skills and embrace God's grander vision for your life at the Global Leadership Summit on August 6 and 7. The summit features high-impact leaders like Bill Hybels, Dr. Brene Brown, and Craig Rochelle. Experience the summit at River City Community Church, Selma. Learn more at willowcreek.com slash summit. willowcreek.com slash summit. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.